0: Welcome to the Software Stack Investing Podcast. If you enjoy these podcasts, please consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. That allows you to easily stay up to date on the latest content. Software Stack Investing is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Quick disclaimer, this podcast does not represent investment advice and is solely the author's opinion for managing his own investment portfolio. Readers are expected to perform their own due diligence before making investment decisions. So for this podcast, I'll be catching up on Okta. Okta has undergone a lot of change over the last two years. In 2020, the company was considered the leading independent provider of identity and access management services, enjoying great brand recognition and rapid growth. They'd achieved strong penetration in the workforce identity space and were tracking to extend their reach into customer identity. Okta labeled their product category as the Identity Cloud and attributed an estimated TAM of $55 billion, which they have further increased to $80 billion. They were well positioned to consolidate this new market segment around solutions to manage identity for both enterprise organizations and application developers. In March of 2021, Okta announced the acquisition of competitor Auth0. I found this a bit surprising as I had assumed Okta could expand into the application identity space organically as an extension of the identity cloud. Rather than building the customer identity capability internally, Okta leadership decided to acquire it for $6.5 billion in Okta stock. To be fair, Okta's product opportunity and customer identity was nascent and needed to establish appeal with developers. Acquiring Auth0 provided immediate access to a superior product, offering, and a community of developers. More importantly, the acquisition potentially short-circuited a competitive threat. Other larger platforms, like Salesforce and Oracle, were rumored to be looking at acquiring an identity solution as well. Okta was simply preempting their move. Here's a quote from the press release announcing the Auth0 acquisition. Auth0 will operate as an independent business unit inside of Okta, and both platforms will be supported, invested in, and integrated over time, becoming more compelling together. As a result, organizations will have greater choice in selecting the identity solution for their unique needs. Okta and Auth0's comprehensive, complementary identity platforms are robust enough to serve the world's largest organizations and flexible enough to address every identity use case regardless of the audience or user." Following the acquisition, the Okta leadership team decided to keep the two platforms separate, with the intention to integrate them over time. This translated into separate organizations, which operated independently for more than a year. Combining the sales teams began in 2022, but experienced challenges culminating in the announcement of Q2-FY 2023 results in August 2022. As it became clear that the whole acquisition and integration process had been poorly managed, the market began losing confidence in Okta leadership. This blame has increasingly fallen on Okta CEO and co-founder Todd McKinnon. Partially, blame is centering on McKinnon because he seems to be the last person standing, McKinnon's longtime co-founder and COO, Freddie Karras, took a leave of absence starting in November of 2022. The chief product officer, Dia Jolly, departed in 2022 around the same time. More recently, sales leadership has shaken up. Even the relationship with Auth0 founder, Eugenio Pace, appears stilted as he has shifted around the organization and now leads product for customer identity as the backfill for Jolly. While I generally prefer Founder-CEOs for my investment companies, McKinnon has certainly undergone a fair amount of trial by fire. In spite of this, identity remains a critical, distinct, and large portion of the cybersecurity market. It very well could have been absorbed into another segment like Endpoint or SASE, yet leading providers like CrowdStrike, Zscaler, and Palo Alto Networks In adjacent categories still seek to partner and integrate with Okta rather than developing their own products. Combining workforce and customer identity, Okta's addressable market approaches 80 billion dollars. Large enterprise customers, particularly those with substantial consumer channels, see an advantage in using the same vendor for both workforce and customer identity. This favors the Okta identity cloud as they can deliver a leading solution for both workforce and customer identity. While competitors like Microsoft have comparable offerings in IAM, that's Identity and Access Management, for the workforce, which controls access to popular SaaS apps and internal resources, the customer identity solution powered by Auth0 is favored by developers to provide authentication for their consumer-facing apps. This position's opted perfectly for the platform consolidation argument, which is becoming very popular these days. This is in addition to the general preference to leverage an independent provider for services that transcend multiple hyperscalers. In August of 2022, investors received fairly dismal earnings report for Q2 FY 2023 during which leadership acknowledged the internal challenges and integration issues between Okta and auth They highlighted challenges facilitating cross-sell of the workforce and customer identity, I- identity solutions, as well as attrition in the sales team. These execution concerns overshadowed reasonable financial performance, causing Okta stock to drop 30% the next day. As a consequence of the integration execution challenges, Okta Leadership revealed the need to reevaluate their fiscal 2026 financial target for $4 billion in revenue and 20% free cash flow margin. This added pressure on the stock as investors had projected a favorable revenue growth rate forward to this target just three years out. Since then, the Okta Leadership team has tried to build back up this trust committing to addressing the execution and integration issues highlighted in Q2. Their most recent quarterly results released in November showed some promise and left investors hoping that the stock had reached a bottom. Yet, the leadership shuffle in the sales organization is still not complete, even after we entered 2023. As recently as January 12th at the Needham Growth Conference, the CFO acknowledged that sales productivity is still not where they want it and is below historical norms. So let's take a look at their Q3 FY2023 earnings results. Okta announced their Q3 results on November 30, 2022. The market was pleased with the results, resulting in a 26% pop the next day to reach $67 a share. Since then, the stock has remained in the $60 range, and is roughly equal to the post earnings price at this point. Of course, this is down substantially from its peak in 2021 of $290 a share. Interestingly, Okta reached its all-time high in early 2021 and then faded a bit as 2021 proceeded. In contrast to other software infrastructure stocks the peaked later in 2021. This reflected the impact of the Auth0 acquisition. For Q3, Okta delivered better results than Q2. More importantly, they provided the market with some reassurance that the execution and integration issues were being addressed. While not fully resolved, challenges with sales attrition and productivity are improving. Q3 revenue was $481 million, which was up 37% year-over-year. The growth rate for subscription revenue was slightly higher at 38%, Total revenue was up 6.4% sequentially from Q2's total for 452 million, which had increased 43% year-over-year. So we are seeing some deceleration. However, Q3 revenue was well above analyst estimates for 465 million. Other growth metrics were favorable as well. Total RPO increased 21% year-over-year to 202.85 billion and current RPO increased by 34% to $1.58 billion. Calculated billings grew at the same rate as revenue, hitting $532 million for 37% annual growth. For Q4, Okta projects revenue in the range of $488 to $490 million for annual growth of 27% to 28% and just about 2% sequential growth. This estimate slightly beat the analyst projection for $488.7 million. They also provided an estimate for current RPO in Q4 to reach a range of $1.63 billion to $1.64 billion, representing annual growth of 21% year-over-year and 3% growth sequentially. These estimates are considered conservative but highlight real deceleration with annualized growth rates coming down by 10% or more. The sequential growth projection doesn't offer much upside either, even with a solid B. For the full year, Okta Leadership raised the revenue estimate to a range of 1.836 billion to 1.838 billion, representing growth of 41% year over year. This is up from the range of 1.812 billion to 1.820 billion issued with the Q2 results. At the midpoint, they increased the full-year guidance by $21 million, which is higher than the $17 million beat in Q3. Profitability measures showed improvement, with non-GAAP operating income turning positive to reach $0.3 million, or 0.1% of revenue. This compares to an operating loss of $10 million, or negative 3% of revenue a year ago in Q3 of FY2022. The achievement of operating income near breakeven was substantially higher than the company's original estimate for a loss of 36 million to 37 million issued with the Q2 results. This translated into non-gap earnings per share of breakeven or zero cents versus a loss of 7 cents a year ago. Analysts had expected a loss of 24 cents, meaning that ought to beat expectations by 24 cents in order to break even. For Q4, they projected an EPS of 9 cents to 10 cents versus expectations for negative 12 cents. So Okta delivered a nice raise here. In Q3, Okta generated cash from operations of $10 million or 2% of revenue. This is less than the 37%, 37 million or 11% of revenue delivered in Q3 FY2022. Free cash flow was 6 million or 1.2% of revenue, as compared to $33 million of free cash flow for a margin of 10% a year ago. They finished the quarter with $2.5 billion in cash, cash equivalents, and short-term investments. For Q4, Okta projects non-GAAP operating income of $15 million to $17 million, which would represent an operating margin of 3.3%. For the full year, non-GAAP operating income would be a loss of $41 million to $39 million. This updated forecast is improved from the projected loss of $110 million to $105 million issued in Q2. Okta ended Q3 with 17,050 total customers. This was up 610, or 3.7% sequentially, from Q2's count of 16,400. For the year, total customers increased by 22% year-over-year from 14,000 in Q3 of FY2022. This rate of total customer growth has been slowing down. Customer spending more than 100K in ACV was 3,740 in Q3, up 6.1% from 3,525 at the end of Q2. On a year-over-year basis, the $100,000 K ACV customer account was up 32.4% from 2,825 in Q3 of FY2022. The higher growth rate in large customers drove their dollar-based net retention rate, or DBNRR, of 122% in Q3. This rate has been largely linear over the past two years, falling into a range of 120% to 124%. The primary driver of Okta's high DBNRR has been their growth of large customers. In addition to 100K ACV customer counts, they publish counts annually for 500K and $1 million customers. These have exhibited steady growth over the last few years. Additionally, they provided a slide during their investor day showing how many customers continue to increase their spend even after reaching $1 million in ACV. What it showed was that some customers will increase their spend to $1 million in ACV and then continue to increase it beyond that point, indicating that there are still substantial levels of expansion uh, beyond the initial spend. Near the end of the prepared remarks, the CFO provided a preliminary view for the next fiscal year, which is FY 2024, lasting from February of 2023 to January of 2024. Okta will continue their focus on expense management and expect to reach non-GAAP profitability for FY 2024, with an operating margin in the low single digits. They are also expecting a meaningful increase in free cash flow during the year. For the revenue guidance, leadership factored in impact from the execution challenges experienced in FY 2023, the sales leadership transition, and some uncertainty regarding the macro environment. With those considerations, they estimate revenue in the range of $2.13 billion to $2.145 billion for growth of 16 to 17%. Management did not provide an update on their long-term target to reach $4 billion in revenue by FY2026, which contradicted earlier statements that they would. They attributed the delay to a desire to better understand the potential impact of the macro environment getting a new global field operations leadership in place, and progress on the integration with Auxero. While the financial results were well received, Okta leadership announced the retirement of Susan St. Ledger, the president of worldwide field operations. St. Ledger joined Okta in February of 2021 after five years as chief revenue officer at Splunk and 11 years at Salesforce. She replaced Charles Race, Okta's previous president of worldwide field operations, who also retired. In my opinion, two years in the role is a bit short for St. Ledger, particularly given that her next step is retirement. I was surprised that she was hired if retirement was so close. She certainly seemed eager in the press release announcing the hire. Then, just this month, investors learned that the chief revenue officer, Steve Rowland, is leaving the company at the end of January. Rowland was also hired from Splunk in early 2021. Both he and St. Ledger were positioned by Okta as an effort to bring on more experienced sales executives. Now, two of the top members of sales leadership will be leaving in the same month. No replacements have been announced at this point. During the Q3 announcement of St. Ledger, Okta's CEO indicated that if her replacement were not identified by January of 2023, then he would step in to manage sales. The news of Roland's departure triggered her stock drop drop of 4% after being announced. At the Needham Growth Conference, Okta's CFO provided an update that St. Ledger's replacement had not been hired and reiterated that CEO McKinnon would step in after February 1st. They would name an interim CRO backfill for Roland from the internal candidate pool. The CFO wasn't surprised by Roland's departure given the scope of change in the sales organization. He emphasized the strong bench of talent in the ranks below these leaders. So what's next for Okta? Looking forward, Okta is pursuing product expansions in an effort to consolidate all identity spend around their platform. New product releases include the rollout of the IGA, or Identity Governance and Administration, offering in 2022, which should help improve penetration in the SMB segment. On the Q3 earnings call, leadership was excited about the uptake of IGA and shared that it is off to a very, very fast start. They also are launching a new product focused on server infrastructure access management in a category called PAM, which is privileged access management. This was introduced in 2021 with general availability intended for 2022. This is now expected to be released for early access in the first half of 2023 and ready for GA by the end of this year. PAM is a common component of an overall Zero Trust deployment and would compete with a similar product from CyberArk and a few other security providers. The big advantage for Okta with these new products is that they provide a complete identity platform and further push the single platform vendor argument in Okta's favor. I will admit that Okta's product development pace is a little slow. While these are big product additions, Okta is spreading them out over multiple years. During the Q&A portion of the Q3 earnings call, One analyst even asked if PAM could be delivered sooner. At the Needham Growth Conference, the CFO closed by highlighting Okta's enormous opportunity and its $80 billion TAM. He acknowledged the challenges, but feels that they have a solid plan and are headed in the right direction. Still, this stance leaves investors with a number of unknowns. The doubts raised by not reiterating the FY2026 Financial targets leave investors wondering about the durability of growth. Continued leadership churn and integration challenges remain unresolved for now. A deceleration from annual growth of 41% in FY 2023 to 17% for the current year seems to offer room for outperformance. Analysts expect a slight raise with $2.171 billion in revenue modeled at this point which would result in 18.2% growth over the FY2023 closing estimate. Looking to FY2025, they are not expecting any reacceleration, with annual growth currently modeled linearly at 18.5%. These models also have non-GAAP EPS inflecting positive and increasing significantly to $0.80 in FY2025 versus the FY2023 target of $0.28. Okta stock currently has a market cap of $11 billion and an enterprise value of $10.7 billion. If they deliver $1.84 billion in revenue to close FY2023, then the PS ratio, or price to sales, ends at about 5.98. Looking to the preliminary estimate for FY2024, this doesn't drop by much, decreasing to 513 for 17% growth. Profitability will improve substantially, providing some more support for the valuation. Comparable valuations for companies with growth around 20% range from 4.6 for DocuSign to 7.3 for Coupa, although these two have generated more free cash flow in the past. If Okta can clear these near-term headwinds and reaccelerate growth into the high 20% range or more, then they might benefit from a valuation re-rating. The stock would have the potential to double over the next three years. The $4 billion revenue target by FY2026 would bring the three-year forward price to sales ratio to 2.75, but management has yet to reiterate it. That original target projected a 20% free cash flow margin as well, which would support a higher valuation. Personally, I plan to monitor Okta until it is clear the current execution issues have passed. I would like to see how FY 2024, which is this calendar year, progresses and the likelihood or adjustment to the FY 2026 target. Those would provide some confidence around the two to three-year financial model and the likelihood of stock appreciation from here. Thanks for your time, and I hope this was helpful. If so, please consider subscribing to the Software Stack Investing Podcast on Apple, Google, or Spotify and giving the podcast a quick rating so that it is recommended for other listeners like you. This is Peter, signing off.